Welcome to American Soccer Analysis. I'm your host, Harrison Crow. Today, we're going to, uh, Sean and I are going to probably talk about a few different, um, I don't know, uh, shot specific um, topics. Uh, the first thing that kind of comes up is uh, Christian Namath gets transferred out today. Sean, this is the, I, I kind of threw this on the agenda uh, just because. Um, and I think you're kind of like puzzled. You're like, oh, we're going to talk about, you know, we talked about um, Brad Davis being transferred out there. We talked about the the, the mashup of wings that they're going to have at their disposal, Justin Mapp and Graham Zussi. How much does this hurt and how much does this help? Because immediately you're going to hear people talk about, oh, well, this frees up Brad Davis now on the wings and blah, blah, blah. That's bad which I, th- I think we both agree on, right? Yeah, they also don't have a wing striker anymore. And uh, we've seen that as uh, as helped out a lot of teams um, that do that, uh, these one forward formations. So, and uh, he was really good at that. So I'm, ho- uh, you know, as a Western Conference, as a Galaxy fan, I'm, I'm kind of hoping for them to collapse because they, they're always a threat. And, uh, you know, uh, if they put Davis out wide, it'll be a disaster. Map. I mean, Map. If he can get decent amount of minutes, Map's a good choice. But for chance That's, creation, that kind but, of relies on him being healthy, right? Exactly. That's the problem there. And also, where the shots going to come from? Because Map, Map will get Map will get you some outside the box shots, but he's not going to make those cutting inside runs. Um, he's not going to supplement your Dwyer goals, which uh, you know he's not going to. So Benny's really only going to have the one target, and, and that's it's it's a problem. I think it's a uh, it's perplexing. So could they? Is there an off chance that they go to become a four-four-two? I mean, I, I would be I don't so see, disappointed. I mean, I honestly, I would. I would, but, I, I, mean, would I don't see how they're going. I think you nailed it right there. Is their shot creation problem right now? Is there? There's something going on there. They're going to have to figure something out because as much as I love Dom Dwyer. I don't think that individually he's going to do everything by himself. And I don't think you can expect it to uh, of him. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to look at how many shots. But you, there's a number total we can put to this. There's how many shots more. Just look at how many shots Namath was getting. And just you'd have to add that to Dwyer. And just like it's it's just can't be sustainable. Just absolutely cannot be sustainable. It's going to be a shot deficit. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, so with that, um, they're – it seems like they're going to probably have a little bit of a transfer budget to possibly make some moves from that. Uh, so, I mean, maybe middle of the season we'll start seeing the fruits of that as uh, a mid-season transfer of some kind. And, and you never know, that might come out and be really helpful for them. Um, some teams have seen a boost from it. Uh, most teams have not. So, Maybe that's a move that they make for next year that they make in the middle of the season like the Sounders did um, last year. Or maybe it's just something where uh, they sit there and they just see what type of team they have. You know they're going to be really good defensively. So just something to think about uh, going on. 
And uh, you talked about the lack of the wing striker that they have. Um, Kai Kamara currently holding out is what it kind of seems like. Um, definitely wants to get paid. Is it fair to say that he should be paid um, in the same range of strikers as Clint Dempsey? Uh, I don't know. Um, throw out three or four different strikers. Robbie Keane. Um, Sebastian Javinko, who's not really a striker, but, you know, jo- Josie Altador, some of these DP strikers, I mean, this is, maybe he doesn't get that much, but should he be getting somewhere near that? Um, no, I, I don't think he, well, from an analytics standpoint, no, from the value to Columbus, uh, it's hard to, it's, it's really hard to tell because it, it's very dependent on having the right type of players. When you have a Robbie Keane, you have a Giovinco, they will always get you a certain amount because they create that amount. In Columbus, he is always going to, or Kamar is always going to be dependent on the ability to have a Francis and a, and a, uh, you know, having a Francis and a uh, Finley out there providing the crosses, having that type of personnel. So I, I think when it's more of a team value there, you can't put all of it on the striker. I think if you're going to be handing out money for this you have to also hand it out to the these guys that are doing the crossing work there well yeah I, he's, I just he's very it. dependent and, and i think that's the big thing is that he's not it's not like he's creating an enormous amount of, of his own shots i mean this isn't benny fellhaber that we're talking about this isn't mm-hmm. somebody that uh, a clint dempsey sebastian javinko who's creating a really high percentage amount of his own shots even Obafemi Martins, the, the shots that he creates, he, he creates a fair number of his own opportunities, despite how well he works with Clint Dempsey. So you have to wonder, is it really fair to expect Columbus? Now, should he be a DP? Uh, I mean, see, what's I mean, that co- situation th- right now, it's just... Um... I think that the question has to come up in the sense that you have to decide whether or not you want to hold on to him because if you're not going to pay him, obviously he's probably not going to want to stick around and play, you know, be with the Columbus crew. I mean, it'd be nice to say, you know, um, he's there for things other than the money. He loves the community and all that stuff. Let me tell you, I love living where I live, but if my company didn't pay me relative to what I perceive my value to be at, I probably is not, am not going to stick around my company. And that's nothing against them. I like my company. Uh, I like living in the area. I'm going to have to look for other opportunities. And I think that that's fair to say with Kai Kamara. So you turn that around and you look at it from the Columbus Crew's perspective. And the question comes, do you pay this, this asset relative to what his value is? Or do you just say, you know, we're going to move on from this asset because we know that we can get, continue because he's so dependent upon upon these other uh, relative values, such as, as you said, Ethan Fan- Finley and the rest of the crosses, Justin Miriam, Federico Higuain, and that surrounding, uh, those surrounding playmakers. Do you just go and try to find a like for like, or is he, Kai Kamara just so dominant in the air that he brings uh, such a value that's unique to him that it's going to be harder to replace. And that's what I think That's what I think has to be answered when you pay a de- designated player. Are they bringing you something that it's just extremely hard to replace? 
in one manner or another. I mean, we talked about this, I think uh, maybe it was last week when we talked about values, uh, shot values. It's about finding people that not necessarily are so, uh, I don't remember the exact conversation, but it was about finding people that you do it better than other people. It doesn't mean you have to do it great. You just do it better than other people. Uh, Kai Kamara actually does this. Wins headers great. He's the best in MLS probably. I think that's a fair statement. Uh, I mean, maybe Alan Gordon. I, I'd have to. Alan Gordon went a ridiculous amount as well. But yeah, in terms that's of fair. starters, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'll, I'll kind of trek back through that you know, rant and uh, ask you, is he worth DPing or as Columbus, when he starts saying, you know, I'm worth, worth this. I'm, I'm, I really want to get paid. Do you say, okay, well we will find a team that d- will do that. Or do you, do you pay him? I mean, look, you have $800,000 in Tam. I, I don't know what they're looking to use uh, in terms of like DP. Sure. Like 800,000. Sure. You know, 600,000. Sure. 900,000. Yeah, Sure. Um, if you want to go into like actual, like paying, like into the millions, I, I personally want it. But when you're talking about value, this is something that you kind of, you posted something, an article like baseball wise into the Slack, uh, today about, um, like value to a team and, uh, with the Tampa Bay rates. And, and I really like the article it's kind of applies here because the fact is just going back to what you're saying, it may not be a good value, but like it does for this team affect their uh, overall winning percentage and overall that's what's important to them. So if they have the apparatus in place and the apparatus is young with the exception of Iguain, yeah, I mean, you're a small market. Um, you've got something that's working now. Why not pay them? I guess, but I just want to go overboard with it because it sets a, it sets a precedent across the league of, in terms of prices. Well, yeah, and the link that that you talked about that I shared uh, was an article from a few years ago with the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they basically they paid uh, above what was the what was considered to be uh, the league average for the cost of a win, and the point that the author made was that they did so knowing that it was highly likely that they were going to need uh, increased help. To get past, you know, a certain uh, certain point. So if you're if if in soccer you were going to say, hey, I know Columbus is probably going to be pushing uh, an MLS spot without Kai Kamara. Kai Kamara takes them to become an MLS Cup winner. And, and while that's a, a marginal distinction um, initially, it's a huge distinction when it when you think about what that does for your club and, and the whole point of I mean, the whole point kind of is to win an MLS Cup. I mean, as much as I might say Supporter Shield's more important, and it, it's about the stars. I mean, that's I mean that's what the Timbers added above their their crest this year. That's what you know um, LA Galaxy is constantly talking about. You know, uh, the race the race to you know the you know X amount of st- the t- the twentieth star that they're going to have. Race to is the is the current hashtag. <laughs> right. So. The point is, is that Kai Kamara takes you, and I think good point connecting the two. 
Kai Kamara takes you from being a team, an MLS club that's very good, to an MLS club that's potentially an MLS Cup winner. Uh, I say potentially, uh, not as a bash to them losing to the Portland Timbers, just, you know, uh, I, I think that they're going to be hard-pressed to do that with uh, with the changes that Toronto's made this year. I think Toronto's going to be a much better team. But that remains to be seen. Um, the real question that I have is, do you, do you believe that Kai Kamara can continue to win such a high amount of balls, uh, aerial challenges. Um, you met, you threw out there, Alan Gordon, who does more, but in a smaller context, um, well, I, I'm, I'm not sure that's more. I, I, I haven't looked, I haven't compared them, but I just no, know uh, that, it's, it's very that, like, close. 60, he, yeah. He, he gets like 60%, like, uh, over like half of his shots are from his head. It's he's so ridiculously specialized. And, and I would imagine that Kamar is a little more diverse than that because it's hard to imagine someone starting, getting that many goals and not and you know being that you know one note. But um, to your point, I do in the sense that he's this is a physical league as is. We already have a lot of tall physical defenders and all that, and the ability to like your vertical. How old is he? Kai Kamara is over thirty, I yeah. believe. Is over thirty. I don't see physically, though, that him diminishing to a point that that vertical is no longer there. And he has the frame. He's got the the athletic ability to do it. And he's got really good technique. Like, he's a two-footed jumper. And he's always in position. He's always got good positioning on his defenders. It's it's pretty striking. And I, I, I don't see um, I don't see it changing. I think um, if we're going to see any downturn, it's because you're going to see less production from Waylon Francis or from uh, from Finley, Ethan Finley. It's kind of interesting tying those two together. Um, so as as we talk about shots, um, you've actually been working on a little on a little. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to call it besides a project, and I, I shouldn't even call it little. It's been a, quite a significant project. Uh, my, that, that was kind of pretensed by uh, Michael Cayley's work, right? Like uh, what he's been tweeting stuff out over the last, you know, t- two weeks ago, he started doing stuff. And we recorded an, uh, something that just didn't, for whatever reason, the software messed up, whatever. You you gave a great, uh, great little rundown of this. But go back over this, if you would, and, and kind of give us a synopsis of some of the stuff that you've been working with in terms of uh, shot creation and uh, shots on target and just some of the things that you found. Okay, so basically, um, Michael Cayley found that most of the overperformance in the EPL uh, is coming at uh, from what he's... An overperformance uh, in what? Oh, hi, oh, overperformance in expected goals. So we have a stat called goals minus expected goals, and that's supposed to tell you uh, if someone's overperforming or underperforming what you would expect of them. And uh, what you do, uh, what he did was he, he was looking at that and he was seeing how if that was like sustainable and seeing like at what shot percentages um, we were seeing uh, the goals and expected goals or goals under and over expected goals in the EPL. And he found that um, uh, the high volume shooters. Um, which he has at 3.5 shots or more per 90 in the EPL, were outperforming their expected goals at 14%. And uh, that was the vast majority of the overperformance uh, in his model. And so I wanted to see if we saw the same correlations in MLS. 
And what was interesting is that we don't at all. In MLS, it's only 8.1%. So that's a huge drop-off. Um, we also have a grouping discrepancy in that in our five years of data, we only have 28 examples of a forward with 1,000 minutes or more getting 3.5 shots per 90. And Michael Cayley had 53. And if you look at just the size of samples, uh, that was his grouping was... Uh, 11 point, uh, it was 11.4 of our sample, or 11.4%, and it was 18.4% of his sample. So just bottom line is there aren't as many high percentage shooters. I mean, there aren't as many uh, players volume. who shoot the ball. Yeah, volume shooters in MLS as in the EPL. And the ones that are are not uh, doing the same thing. They're not outperforming their expected goals to the same level, which brings up uh, the two questions I asked. Is this a... Is this a matter of skill? Is this a matter of parity? Or it could also be a combination of the two. Because I do think parity, to some degree, can be called into question here because parity does bring shots down by not having these games when you have this really rich team getting 20 shots on a very poor team. Right. You're not necessarily... The disparity between the defenses uh, isn't quite uh, so significant. Right. So, yeah. So, shots get equaled out between teams over over the period of the season, as opposed to having these teams that just are going to outshoot teams every single week. And on those teams, you would expect these guys who are getting over 3.5 shots per game. So with that being said, do you, we talk about some of the talent level. Who are some of the talent guys that did stick out that are um, – that are in that vein of the EPL um, beating their expected goals relative uh, because of shot volume. Uh, see, I'd have to pull up the article. But I mean, we obviously Sebastian Javinko is one of them. That, that's oh, you're the, talking about in MLS? Yeah. Oh, in MLS, Javinko, um, David Villa are the two uh, ones that uh, uh, spring up. Although Villa is actually not outperforming, um, I think. But we only have one year of data from him. I expect him to in the future. Uh, but then you also have guys like Robbie Keane who uh, consistently are consistently average in their shots on target legal uh, to league averages and conversion of shots on target to goal. So you don't think of Robbie Keane as an average player, but the reason why he's so consistent is that his numbers are always so average, but what he's good at is getting high leverage shots and taking lots of them. So you do have players like that. Uh, so maybe David Villa is one of those. Um, but up there with them, you also have Deshaun Brown, who uh, who uh, is the third in the shot data or for within that five-year period. And uh, he underperformed by five goals, I believe, in 2014. And so it's just uh, – we just don't have them, these elite high-volume shooters. And it's very it's, – uh, it's definitely – I think there's a – it's hard to deny that there is a skill difference. And, you know – well, that's kind of a no-doy, you know, EPL to MLS. It, it still is very interesting that there is a level of forward that just does not exist in MLS. Um, yeah, I, it's kind of I, I, I want to. I, part of me is like there. Obviously, there there isn't a, a caliber of forward that it that exists within MLS that also exists in EPL. But to a degree, I disagree with that. I think that there are forwards that could potentially excel in EP in the English Premier League. 
the problem with that is they obviously aren't and this is the question right they obviously aren't taking as many shots and the question is why is that is that just inherent in the player is that inherent in the tactics is that just something that they grew up or as you've kind of said in our in our discussions you feel it's something that's more um it's more a product of just that's who they are as a player and so you're not going to see that uh, from them that the league itself isn't going to change them and I think that that's kind of an interesting environment um, slash nurture nature discussion when it comes to strikers and, and creators are they is it just about the player being more apt to take the shot or is it something that's legitimately something that's trained into them that says hey within I mean the Golden State Warriors right we we take tons of three-pointers Seattle Sounders, hey, we're not taking a shot outside the 18-yard box. Um, you know, it, it, that kind of reduces, obviously, your chances. But it also, in some ways, if you're really good at getting inside the 18, it's going to increase your um, your shot. So just some really – and I'm kind of all over there um, with my rambling. But you get what I'm saying, right? Right. It's also, I mean, there are players in this league that would absolutely excel in EPLs. They just wouldn't be on the elite tier, that upper 5%, or the upper, was it, 15% of that data set. I mean, like uh, Obafemi Martins. Obafemi Martins doesn't take a lot of shots, but he converts to a very high percentage. He's the only forward in the data that consistently, that has two years of putting shots on target above 50%, or converting shots on target above 50%. In general, if a Ford is put is converting above 50% of their shots on target, that's unsustainable, and no Ford repeats it in another year, which is very, very striking. With the exception of Family Martins, he's able to do that because he's a breakaway Ford. All of, he's getting in behind those defenses, so he's one-on-one. That's something uh, the model doesn't take into consideration expected goals-wise, which is why he's always beating his expected goals. It's... Uh, also, why he's able to convert. It's much easier to, easier to convert when you're one-on-one with the keeper. Uh, Landon Donovan also had a year when he was with Beckham, when he was constantly being put through, when he had a ridiculous percentage. Same principle. So I think those type of forwards, absolutely. So, I mean, there are different types of forwards. So not every forward is a convert-by-volume forward. But just from an analytics standpoint, uh, those are the ones that you can say are going to be the most consistent because they don't rely on other people. They don't need the through balls. They don't need, uh, you know, what like in Kai Kamara's case, they don't need the crosses. They just need the ball. And if they have the ball, they can shoot. They can get that shot. Well, I think that's and what... I think those they, are the they, elite players. Yeah, that's what, what what I think that comes down to why Benny Fellhaber, why, uh, you know, Sebastian Javinko, why these guys are so special, why Clint Dempsey is so special is because they can create shots for themselves, but they also great at, you know, creating other shots for other players and they do it at such a high volume, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily it's not necessarily that they're just that they're just creating shots. Um, it, it, as you, you you said it great, um, it, it's about goals by by uh, shot volume and right. not necessarily by um, by leverage. Qual- yeah, which well, Robbie Keane, like like I said earlier, Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane, everyone's very surprised when I tell him very low, con- like very average converter. Like he's not a like when when people say he's a great finisher he's not a great finisher, like if he's just a very average finisher who shoots a lot, 
And but that's what makes him so good because he's so dependable. That's why he will always get you 15. Well, I think people get really defensive about that, right? Like there is like there is there is a so-called, you know, like it almost like calling Robbie Keane, who, you know, is probably one of the best players that ever played, you know, uh, minutes in MLS. I mean, calling him an average finisher seems almost um, derogatory, right? So well, yeah, well, that's because people value the term finishing and it they really shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, exactly. Yeah. So maybe just the idea of finishing in and of itself should probably start leaving our vocabulary. Yes, to, to an extent, because uh, otherwise we would be seeing players consistently outperform expected goals. Well, not even that, because we see in Kaylee's data you can by shooting a lot. I think more importantly, converting shots on target percentage-wise. We would be seeing more of that. And as I said, no one repeats above 50%. No one. That's... It's 38% is league average. No, if you get over 50%, it's very within our five years of data. No one repeated it. So it's these. Did they just were they great finishers one year and then the next year they lost their magic touch, their finishing ability? No, it's it's statistic. It's noise. And there's a lot of that in in sports, and people don't want to accept the randomness of it. They don't want to accept that. Wondolowski broke the record or tied the record because he was putting 50%, he was scoring 50% of his shots on target when he should have had, you know, 20 goals. Yeah. 27 goals. Yeah. But you know, 20 goals. It's still good. It's still right. underlying good. You know, it's, well, and I think it, that that's not a knock on him. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's what people are failing to, people feel like this is like, this is undercutting and overproducing isn't a bad thing, right? People get lucky. People have hot streaks. And that's that's bound to happen in everything that we do, right? There are good times and there are bad times, and I think you have to take those in stride. And I think that you have to just uh, when it's happening, it's happening. But with that being said, I think that you have to recognize that it's not going to last, and I think that you have to prepare for it not to. Yes. So yeah, like Juan Agudelo is never going to have another shots on target, seventy percent conversion season. Sorry to break that to people. Um. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> you know what? With the amount of minutes that he gets, anyways, uh, you know, I, it's a little that's that's kind of a sore spot to me, right? Like he comes crawling back to the Revolution, and the Revolution end up giving it all the majority more minutes to Charlie. I shouldn't even say majority, but they they give a good and deserving amount of minutes to Charlie Davies, and you know, um, Davies just runs away with it, and there goes Wallen just kind of sitting on the bench now, so. Is what it it's is. It's soccer. It's soccer. He's got to. He's got to win out those minutes. But I digress. Yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, right now we actually are waiting. Uh, today is our first day for our MLS auction league that we have. We have a keeper auction league that we're starting this past this this coming year, and uh, so it, it's 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 brand new. It, it's something that we're kind of playing with internally and. Uh, so first day thoughts. I mean, we've gone through what we've had a total of five players uh, auctioned off: Jordan Morris, Sebastian Javinko, Bradley Wright Phillips, Kai Kamara, Robbie Keane. And uh, so, uh, what are what are your initial thoughts? It's very interesting that everyone's valuing forwards. I'm, I mean, it's kind of hard to discuss it without going over like the point model, but that would take a long time. But uh, <laughs> right. 
So the and there is a point model. There's a, there's a specific outline of the number of points that each player can get it. So uh, you know, and with that, it kind of it it tips the scale. It tips towards you know those that score, and that's inherent in probably any type of uh, fantasy uh, soccer league that you're well, going. That's not necessarily true. There there are plenty of midfielders in there that are pretty consistent in there as well that aren't getting the bids yet, and I think it's in people's minds they are or they're not looking at the bidders guide i'm not quite sure but like the 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 league is designed to award points evenly across the lines and no it it is it 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 absolutely does when you look at the average points per line it's they're all within a point it's all within the five point uh it's like 5.5 5.4 5.1 so i mean but goals is what people gravitate towards and that's the yeah exactly that's the and and ironically that's the least consistent one that I like predictor year to year, um, where it t- touches, point. passes, are always, <laughs> yeah. So again, it's very interesting that uh, it's just how our minds are set, just like finishing. It's, it's, um, but like it's in, but in this points model, uh, I think uh, people aren't going to see the value of, you know, getting the consistent touches, which is why I'm very defensive about my Robbie Keane selection. Everyone would give me crap for $50, which is, um, what is it? It's like uh, 18. What's what's 50 of? What here? that's like what 20 percent? They're 20 percent of your uh, of your total budget that you dedicated yeah. towards Robbie Keane. Yeah. What? And it's just like, look, there's no one else in the league that's going to absolutely give you 15 goals. Um, and it's like consistent consistency year to year. And when in a goals when the goals are counting at a certain amount. With goals fluctuating, he's the only guy that consistently gets X amount of goals, as for reasons stated before. And he's going to get more touches this year with what the Galaxy have done. I think with Young, I think that's going to increase their pass usage uh, or their touches in the midfield exponentially. Bring in Geo back. I think um, uh, with Zarya's up top, maybe he'll get a few more uh, assists as opposed to goals. But overall, um, at least for next year, 50% is perfectly justified. I I had a model. I only went four dollars over my model. I have a, like an algorithm to assign value for points per game. I'm fine with it, but you know we're uh, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, the slow poke right now is Drew. He's on the clock, and uh, I guess he's working his job with the you know stupid doing people in their in their jobs, especially with politics right now. Jeez, I know. What with the caucuses. <sighs> <laughs> so that kind of sums up our 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 podcast for the we actually spent last week we spent like what two and a half hours doing a podcast uh multiple times and well, neither we did of, twice yeah neither of which worked out um bill reno uh took responsibility for that uh needlessly i i don't honestly know what was happening and to be perfectly honest i was I've been kind of worried about this this podcast because my computer's been weird all day um, and and kind of climaxed with my my daughter uh, sending you uh, messages on Slack. Uh, that sounds creepy. <laughs> uh, I it was like of- it, it was a bunch of dots and slashes. She was you know like uh, I guess yeah you left it open and <laughs> I was just like what's this? <laughs> it was funny because I was downstairs and my phone buzzed when you when you're like. What does that even mean? I don't I don't understand. <laughs> and I looked at it and I was like, what do you mean you don't understand? And then, oh, hey, I probably have a two-year-old upstairs on my computer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
All right. Uh, we'll, we'll call this, call this one good. Um, Sean, say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, Federico Higuain. Shut your face, high school jerks. We're about to show you how this works. Are we cool? Laser beams. We're about to awesome all your dreams. And you'll say, what are you, some kind of computer? And we'll say, a cyborg pimp from the future. And I'm going deaf for cheesy. I'm feeling a need to text drew really hard right now he's right, holding this back him hard let's simultaneously text now let's text him at the same time yeah let's do it with the same message uh what are you gonna say um dear sir it has come to our attention that I, let's do something that's very specific like um dear sir yeah dear sir comma we, um it has come to our attention that you are slacking. That you are not slacking. Are not slacking enough. All right. Please. Wait, wait, no, wait. Please. Was it pay? What? What's what's Audi at right now? Fifty. No, he's at forty. Okay. Please pay. 40 now we'll just yeah slacking enough you just want to go with you are not slacking enough uh well we have to he might not know what that means you're on the clock everyone is waiting for you yeah that's it that's good everyone is waiting for you for you send sign oh yeah send one two three send there we go (laughs) 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 